and as active in my life, and I am truly thankful for that. And I, would, I do believe that my life has not been this good. I thank God for his love and his grace every day, and I look forward to what my future looks like. Thank you for letting me share, and also thank you for your prayers and support of those of you who are uh, supporting Teen Challenge. Thanks and God bless. Thank you, Julian. It's great to hear his story about how God is changing and transforming his life while he's in the ministry of Teen Challenge for this year. Um, one of the things that Teen Challenge is, is doing is we've got a couple golf tournaments that are coming up. There's actually three of them coming up, so I'm not sure if there's anybody here who would like to join us in that and help raise some funds for it. We have one in, in Harbor, Elbow, Saskatchewan, on June 17th uh, on a Monday. We got one for the on the 24th of June, and we got one on the 22nd of July at Moon Lake. Uh, so if God is putting in your heart to want to be part of that, come see us at the table. One of the other things the Teen Challenge is doing is we're opening up uh, an amazing, beautiful women's center in Hague, Saskatchewan a couple months ago. I think we got a picture of that. Uh, there it is, a 26-bed facility that just opened up in April. Uh, it's a 26-bed facility. 20 of them will be for incoming students, and six will be for graduates that stay on and become interns. Uh, so if you're going between Saskatoon and Prince Albert on Highway 11, uh, about 40 kilometers out of Saskatoon, if you look to the south uh, where it says Hague Ferry Road, you can see the building about two miles off the highway. So it's a great place for women in this province and in the prairies to get help as these men are getting help. I'd like to do something that's a little different than a normal testimony. I'm going to call up uh, Tim and Rob to come and do what's called a Q&A. So if, if Tim and Rob want to come, come up, uh, Tim's got a couple of microphones here. Um, so I'm going to start with Tim. Is it on? Is the green button on? There you go. Green? Hello. Yeah, there it is. So, Tim, what brought you to Teen Challenge? Sin. <laughs> okay. In your sin, was there drugs, alcohol? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I, um, yeah, raised in a good home. I uh, rebelled early. Um, wanted what I couldn't have. Wanted what all my non-Christian friends had, and that went right up to, um, yeah, I just couldn't live with um, where I was. You know, I, yeah, wife, kids, house, uh, good job, lots of money, lots of toys, and uh, it was all, not my wife and kids, it was all nothing in the end, and uh I, uh, yeah. So it was easier last time, Randy. I don't know why I'm yeah. struggling right now. So how long have you been in Teen Challenge now? Four and a half months, four months, two weeks, 30, no, yeah, well, four and a half months. So in that four and a half months, what would you say is personally the best part about being a Teen Challenge? Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, and 
this probably is going to segue into the next question, but community. Mm. What's the hardest thing about being in Teen Challenge? Community. <laughs> <laughs> Often the question is, what's the best thing about Teen Challenge? It's the guys. What's the hardest thing about Teen Challenge? It's the guys. They got 22 to 24 guys. There are four guys to a dorm room. Uh, the rooms aren't that big, and they're adult men in bunk beds. So you add up all that together and 24 different personalities and 24 different emotional storms, it's not the easiest place, but we call it iron sharpens iron. Um, but, and that's the community part um, that a lot of these guys were missing a part uh, in their addictions because usually in addictions becomes a lot of isolation and you just shut down where family don't mean much anymore. And it's just like all it is is now feeding the addictions just to numb the pain. So in this journey in Teen Challenge for you, is the restoration going on in your family? 100%. Um, my wife left uh, this, after this last relapse. It was over a year ago. March 13th was the day I came home and my wife and kids were both gone. Half the stuff was gone out of the house. Um, now, uh, I can say that we celebrated our Fr Friday, right? 11th anniversary on Friday. Uh, it wasn't anything great. He was at a grad and uh, my our relationship as as it is now it is Christ centered. Mm. There is complete complete trust has been broken. That's something I've had to live with. Forgiveness is happening and it is forward moving only through faith in Christ. Mm. That's it. Amen. Because we, we had the graduation last night. Two guys graduated out, and it was a great celebration. But I, I had a brief conversation with his wife, uh, Jody, and, you know, there's finally peace in her life to know that her husband's okay. He's not at home yet, but she knows he's okay because where he is. He's growing in his faith to become the husband and the father he knows he needs to be. And that's this restoration that's going on. Awesome. Scripture you'd like to leave with us today? Second Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. Um, I'm very much kind of a head guy. I think everything, when I came in, there was this guy who was out to get me. Actually, Wayne was out to get me once, I thought. And uh, for though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Mm, amen. Thank you, Tim. Robert, yeah. what brought you to Teen Challenge? My drug and alcohol addiction. How many years were you in it? Uh, alcohol was 25 years and drugs was about four and a half. Well, how long have you been in Teen Challenge now? Four and a half months. Four and a half months. In um, that four and a half months, what would you say is the best part about being a Teen Challenge? Going on outreaches there and my roommates. What's the hardest thing about being there? Uh, being on D, being uh, off coffee and movies and my roommates. <laughs> <laughs> Has there been any restoration in, in your personal life yourself? Yes, my wife left me and my kids, my four kids, my daughter-in-law and my grandson have come back to me. And I got another grandson in the way. Well. And you're billeting last night where? Mom. So, that, so that's getting yeah. 
more of a trust issue that's... Yep. And she's the one that paid for me to go to. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. So what have you seen that God's been doing in your life in the last four and a half months? Bringing my family back together. Well, do you have more peace in your life? So, you're, so do you see it now as clean time or freedom from addiction? Freedom from addiction. Have you ever felt that prior to no. coming to Teen Challenge? Not and so you've done some short-term programs, right? No. Any real sobriety after that or just short-term? Uh, short-term, five months in between that. Mm. Yeah. So what was the deciding factor for you to come in the very end? My relapse and my addictions. So did you see any life if you wouldn't have done this? No. I was going to be homeless, so I was going to be dead. Wow. The scripture you'd like to leave with us today? Philippians 4.13. I could do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. You know, my journey here in Teen Challenge didn't just begin uh, 12 years ago applying for a job. Uh, that's how long I've been with this ministry. You know, I originally grew up in Winnipeg, married my high school sweetheart. I uh, didn't come from a Christian home, had a great parents and four other amazing siblings. Uh, I have two beautiful children. My daughter Kelly is 37 years old. My son Scott is 36. I raised him in ringette, hockey, baseball, and keep him off the streets of Winnipeg. Celebrated our our 25th anniversary in our backyard in Winnipeg on a beautiful sunny uh, afternoon and it was one of the greatest days of my life and three months later my wife would tell me she wanted a divorce and it just rocked my world somebody had been my partner for 25 years and all of a sudden nothing seemed to fit it didn't feel like a divorce it felt like a death it felt like half of me was missing and I really struggled in life I was 46 years old my children were 17 and 18 kind of just moving on in life. My daughter was moving out. My son was pursuing a golfing career. And I went in a really short period from thinking I had a good marriage and a happy family to being all by myself. Coming home to an empty house at night. It just, there was, there was dead silence when I walk, walk in the house. And it was an emptiness and a depression that I would slip into. I had a great career as in rebuilding race car engines for three decades. I loved what I did, but I just couldn't, I didn't have a desire for life anymore. And after a four-year period of depression and loneliness, going to the bars, seeking love in all the wrong places, trying to find a partner in life, I'll give you a warning if any of you are out there going to the bars, if trying to find a suitable partner in a bar is like trying to find a diamond in a sewer. It's just not going to happen. And I would just get to a point where I was done. I, I didn't, didn't care about life. I was turning into, you know, going to the bars on a Friday night to going to the bars Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and I did this for three, four solid years trying to find a partner. And eventually, after one of those nights in, under the influence of alcohol, I was just turning 50 years old, never touched drugs in my life, never even smoked a joint. Somebody put a glass pipe in front of my face and said, you want to try something tonight? And I was vulnerable under the influence of alcohol, and I smoked something that turned out to be crack cocaine. Never knew about this drug. This one-time use, I never got off this drug. Within a week, I was smoking crack cocaine every day. I went from spending $60 a night at the bar to spending $600 a night on this drug. Over the next two years, well over $100,000 in this drug. This drug would steal everything from me. My vehicles to crack cocaine dealers, I would eventually lose that career job because I would go 10 days in a row 
smoking crack and trying to go to work. I wouldn't sleep for 10 days and I would eat nothing until my body shut down. Eventually they fired me, Manitoba Hydro cut my electricity off of my house, pawned off everything I owned in my house, money marts, everything, just RSPs, everything. 12 years ago in October of 2006, I was at the end of my rope. My son, who I love dearly, says, Dad, I can't watch you destroy your life anymore. He moved to a different province uh, to get away from me. My daughter couldn't recognize me. I went down to about 127 pounds. She says, I seen you walking down the street the other night. I wouldn't find this out until a couple of years later. She says, I didn't recognize you. You look like a hobo picking butts off the street. That's where I was. I was sitting in front of casinos picking butts out of disasters. I was going to the food bank for a bag of potatoes and a can of soup at the age of 51. There's a lot of baby boomers in here. I can tell by the color of our hair. I don't know if you can imagine at the age of 46 when you think you've got everything in life on track. You've got a home. You've got a career. You've got a marriage. You've got children. You've got your retirement money. You're looking at all the material things you have. And six years later, you've lost it all. A marriage, a home, a career, everything. And you're living on the street. And you don't have a dime to your name. And that's where I was. I was in and out of detox centers, 21-day programs, and nothing was working. They were teaching me once an addict, always an addict. You have a disease, and we're going to show you how to cope with these addictions. They were sending me to Cocaine Anonymous in AA meetings four or five times a week, teaching me about a higher power that could be anything you want to make God out to be. And there was such an emptiness of my soul that I didn't want to live anymore. And I wanted to take my life. And the night I wanted to take my life, my sister phoned me, who had been my rock in my life up until then. She helped me through my separation and my divorce. And she asked me one question. She lived just far enough away from me in Bertle, Manitoba, which is about 250 kilometers from Winnipeg. And she didn't know the depths of what my life was going through, but she heard through my children. She says, your son phones me every night from this dangerous oil rig he's working on in Brooks, Alberta saying, what happened to my dad? He used to be a caring, loving father. Your daughter phoned me. She said when she seen you on the street, she drove around the corner and she cried her eyes out for two hours. She couldn't believe that that's what happened to her dad. And she said to me, is this the legacy you want to leave with your kids? That you're nothing other than a crackhead living on the streets of Winnipeg? Probably this drug is going to take your life. Is that the way you want to go out of this world? I said, no, but I don't know a way out of this addiction. I can't overcome it. And she kind of hung up the phone. She didn't have an answer for me, and she phoned me back an hour later. And she says, you know what? I just talked to a lady that we knew when we were teenagers in Winnipeg, and I hadn't seen this lady in 30 years, and she phoned me in between these phone calls, and she asked me about an anniversary of someone they both knew. And then she said, oh, by the way, how's your brother Randy doing? And my sister kind of lost it on the phone, and she says, you know what? My brother's wife left him six years ago, and he's been in a deep, dark depression, and now he's in a crack cocaine addiction that I think is going to take my brother's life if I don't find him a long-term program to help him. I'm in desperation. And this woman says, you know what? My son just did a program, our grandson did a program called Teen Challenge, and it changed his life. He doesn't drink anymore. He's not doing drugs. He's been recently married. He has his first child. He's got a great job. And I think this would be the ideal place for your brother. 
So I filled out the application. I first said, no way on earth am I going to this program. And my sister says, why? I said, well, one thing, it's called Teen Challenge. I don't want to hang out with a bunch of adolescent teenagers. I was 51 years old. It's in the middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan. I'm used to living in Winnipeg. They're going to some farm. They're going to ask me to raise pigs and cows. I don't know. Every, everything that I knew about beef came from Safeway. I just didn't know anything about farming community. And she says, so what's the deciding factor? I says, Deb, her name was Debbie. I says, you know what? We've never gone to church. We've never really attended church, other weddings or funerals. I says, I don't know if that's where I want to go. She says, well, this lady did some studies prior to sending her grandson. And all the secular 21-day programs, 28-day programs, detox centers, most of them have about a 5% success rate at very best of ever getting off addictions. She says, it's living proof it didn't work very well for you. She says, the teen challenge program that her grandson did, the studies that she looked under, and you can look them on, on, on the web, they're there globally from the thousand centers around the world. The people that graduate this program, she says it's 70% and higher that never return to their addictions. She says whether it's a Christian program or not, if it has that high of a success rate, you need to look into it. So I came January 17th, 2007, with a bag of clothes in a garbage bag. It's all I owned at the age of 51. I was in debt to my eyeballs still, and I was lost. And I walked up the steps of Teen Challenge, and something changed. As soon as I walked into that little, little house, the 24-bed facility wasn't finished yet. It was a small little 1,400-square-foot house with 13 students and 10 staff members, 23 people just embracing me when I walked in there, shaking my hand. They knew my name. They said they prayed for me in chapel this morning. And I looked at my sister. I said, this is not a rehab center. I think they're hiding the addicts in the basement because this is not what I'm used to in, in, in secular rehab centers. What I seen in the first 10 days is what I needed in my life. It was the love of Christ I seen in the students and the staff. And I got down on my knees and I asked God to forgive me for all the things I've done wrong. And I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. My heart started to change. The bitterness and anger that I was holding towards my ex-wife for all those years, blaming her for leaving me, blaming her for my addictions, blaming her for me living on the streets, and all this bitterness and anger and resentment that I had, God would show me how to let go and trust in Him. And eventually my children, in about the fifth month, when they could finally trust that Dad's okay, would come from Winnipeg and, and visit me. My son moved back to Winnipeg uh, from that dangerous job once he knew I was okay. And, and eventually I would graduate Teen Challenge, give a year back to this ministry to save my life. Ended up going to Bible college through a supporter who helped me financially. Four years later, I met a lovely woman at a Teen Challenge graduation. We eventually got married on the steps of Teen Challenge in front of all the guys and 250 people. God is a God of restoration. Joel 2.25 says, I, the Lord God, will restore everything that the locusts have eaten. Everything that the enemy tried to steal from me, God has restored it. He's given me a new life, a new wife, my two children, two stepchildren, and in the last five years, five beautiful grandchildren. None of this would have happened if I wouldn't have walked up the steps of Teen Challenge. God finally got a hold of my heart in this ministry of Teen Challenge. And he's doing that for each and every one of these guys. God is transforming these men into the image of his son. These guys are going to come out of Teen Challenge as men of integrity and to be the fathers they need to be, to be the husbands they can be, and be a man of integrity in the church 
Some of these guys might end up in Bible college and eventually be a pastor um, in one of these churches. Maybe this church right here. You never know. And, and you know what God is pumping out? I, I met one of the directors in BC a few years ago, and he said, you know what Teen Challenge is? It's a pastor factory. You, guys, you just continually pump out future pastors and men that all of them won't go into ministry work, but whatever they're going to do in life, they're going to minister the gospel in what they do and bring more people to the saving grace of God. Everybody in this congregation is one or two bad decisions going for each, where each one of these men went. And God is, is, is a God of restoration. So how can you help out the ministry of Teen Challenge? One of the greatest ways you can do it is through the sponsorship program. Uh, when you came in here, I think you all got one of these pamphlets. When you sponsor a student for $40 a month, you get a card like that. Happens to be one of the local boys here, Robert. Uh, you get part of their testimony. You get quarterly updates on how they're doing in a program. And you get a personal invitation to the graduation. But one of the greatest things you can do is send encouraging cards and letters for these guys. I've often said this isn't called Teen Easy. It's probably the most challenging year of their life. And maybe God is putting in your heart today to become a sponsor of one of these guys. All of these guys are available to be sponsored other than Wayne because he's graduating out. But we would love to see each and every one of these guys get at least one sponsor uh, from each one of these. So we're going we're gonna to come back up here. Guys, you want to come back up here? We're going to close with a song called Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. And it is the version of the song, because a lot of people know the hymn Amazing Grace, but... The Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone is kind of a different version of the song. And part of it is many men have walked into Teen Challenge, have been in shackles, have been in jail. When I did an interview a few years back at the Saskatoon Corrections, uh, I, I showed up at 1 o'clock and one of the guards was actually standing outside the doors in the parking lot. And he basically told me that you can't come in for probably another 20 minutes. Uh, we have a van that's coming in with some inmates. So these guys were coming back from doing court at the uh, Saskatoon uh, courthouse. And this paddy wake in a 15-passenger van, something like the one we have here today. Uh, there might even be a number on the van. But uh, uh, all of a sudden, the back doors were opened up to this van. And I seen these 12 guys walk out of this van two by two. They had shackles on their wrists, they had shackles on their ankles, and they had shackles to each other. But what I seen in these men wasn't so much the physical shackles. I was looking into their eyes as they were walking back into the corrections building. There was an emptiness in their eyes. I could see that they were in spiritual shackles. They were in bondage to the sin, and they didn't even understand it. We've been there. And this song resonates in our hearts about our chains are gone. Jesus defeated the works of the devil. He's given us the access to remove the chains through our right relationship with God. And we found freedom through Christ. We're no longer in bondage to the enemy. But we found freedom. Peace that surpasses all understanding. So if you could join us in this song, we'd really appreciate it. Gentlemen.